Everybody comfortable? Yeah. Get your ass up when I'm talking. Hey, take it easy. It's showtime. It's showtime. Yeah. Feel the magic and soul of the YBs. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Take two. Welcome to that Davis show. And today we're lucky enough to be job be joined, I should say, by Rob Stats Guerrero, NFL host of the SB Nation NFL and NF in Niners Nation. Let me say that again in Niners Nation. Follow him at Stats on Fire. First of all, wait, how'd you get the name Stats? Of course, it has something to do with Stats, but how did this nickname Stats come about? So it started years ago. I used to be an intern at ESPN Radio. My first job was to just sit in the radio studio and hand the people on the air statistics that I saw on the TV screens in front of me. And so another producer walked by and they were like, who's that kid in the studio? And somebody else said, I don't know, Stats. Because that's all I did at the time. And so from then on, nobody at ESPN Radio ever used my actual first name. <laughs> How long ago was this? That was probably 2006, 2007. Okay. All right. You came a long way, Stats. So look at yeah. you shining in that beautiful <laughs> 49ers red. Uh, 49ers. So we have this. We have. Uh, I, I'm on this show called Shine and Maya in the morning. They're on this network called Chicago Sports Zone. This is a discussion that we have outside of being on under center for embassy and all this other stuff that I do. All right. Mm -hmm. But the discussion that we have is having side booze in sports. All right. So outside of your home team, you know, you may have a team, your home team may be bad, or you just may have another team through the players that are on it, but, or you just like that team growing up. The 49ers were my side boo. All right. Particularly, probably, even though I know he's the better quarterback, Steve Young's 49ers were really my side boo. You know what I'm saying? I I love Mm -hmm. Joe Montana. But I mean, Steve, I, I think Steve Young may be my favorite quarterback. All right. When you're talking about everything, I feel like he's Fran Tarkenton is the guy that really I think for today's quarterback made mobile quarterbacks the thing. OK, but I feel like that Randall, Cunningham, Randall Cunningham, it took it to another level. But I feel like Steve Young, he worked it out. You know what I'm saying? Like he, yes. to me, he's a. You can kind of see how he always kind of favors mobile quarterbacks. He he views himself as one of the caretakers of that, and I always love it. So I'm a huge Steve Young guy to just to give you that to open up this interview. All right. Well, so now I like hearing that, but I, I don't know about this whole side boo thing. What you can't have a side boo? No, you can't have it. Come on, man. You pick your team, and that's it. You can't have backup options. See, this is the problem with this: is you haven't been a Bears fan. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, I'm sure you weren't there during the Bill Walsh years of the 80s. And you, probably maybe in your youth, you still had the, the fringes of the Super Bowl. Maybe you were sentient during the 05 reign, which was C-Magnifique, if you, if you had a side boo. All right. To tell you, it was, oh, listen, on Fox, you used to turn on 49ers games just to watch the first half. And then <laughs> to sit there and see what the, 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 the opposing team try to catch up in the second half. Oh, that loaded team. Listen, I won't get into how much from the ownership, and I'm talking about back, back owner. All right. Like, I love the 49ers growing up. So I'm happy that you didn't need a side boo <laughs> for stats. All right. Well, come on, man. I mean, the 49ers, largely since Steve Young retired, your guy, have been awful. Really? I, they've had the weirdest you scenario had Jeff Garcia ever. for a little bit. You had yeah, Jeff Garcia, Jeff Garcia was bit. okay, but he was. like he wasn't Steve Young. 
He wasn't. But you know what? I've never had a Jeff Garcia. Yeah, that's true. Well, the Bears are the Bears are a situation unlike any other. They've had maybe one franchise quarterback in their entire history ever. That's unbelievable. It's very it's it's it's, it's an outlier. It shouldn't happen. You know, <laughs> it shouldn't like you you can rank on the Cleveland Browns, but you can at least name three franchise quarterbacks that they've had. You know what I'm saying? Like for real, for real. Like we've had one guy from 70 years ago. But we'll get into the Bears. We'll get into the Bears. I want to get into the 49ers. And in your opinion, with with last year and all those injuries, I know teams usually say, you know what, that was last year, and they don't expect that to trend this year. What's the fear that that's the need? You know, like a lot of – like just all these injuries. You have 13 – you had 13 guys not start. It's a preseason game, but you had 13 starters, Mm -hmm. I should say, that didn't play in this preseason game. What's the fear? Because a lot, one thing here talking about here, like in Chicago, when things like that happen, particularly like with the Chicago Bulls, if one of the first questions is what's going on with the training staff? You know, like why are right. all these guys hurt? So what are the expectations as far as health this season? Is it just one of those? Listen, that was a bad, a bad stretch of luck. Or is it we need to really need to try to change something to figure out why all these guys got hurt last season? Well, the problem is they've changed the training staff a couple of years ago, and it hasn't helped. You mentioned last year they were the most injured team in the league. 2019, they were the sixth most injured team in the league. The year before that, they were the fourth most injured team in the league. So this is not a one-year thing. And the problem for the 49ers is they keep relying on guys that have a long injury history. And unfortunately, that's still the case this year. Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't been able to get out of September in two out of his last three years. George Kittle, always banged up. I think he has one full season in his career. Nick Bosa, coming off a knee injury last year, obviously, but was dinged up at Ohio State. Didn't play any in the preseason in his rookie year because he was hurt. Debo Samuel, always hurt, got hurt the fri- last Friday. We were worried he wasn't going to play in the game. Luckily, he did. He came back. Raheem Mostert, never played a full season. Always hurt. No matter where you look on the 49ers roster, they're depending on guys that have lengthy injury histories. So I'm hoping it's going to be better this year because last year was a massive wave of injuries like I've never seen before. But I don't think it's going to be great, even if it's improved. You know what? Let me ask you this. It just occurred to me while you were saying it. Is part of the reason the style of play, you know, it's 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 a um it's a physical style of play, play, and you have one of the only coaches that can make running the football sexy. And so you <laughs> you get you get a lot of times where a Kittle and a Debo Sanders, I'm saying uh, Debo Samuels, uh, uh, may sit there and they could be blocking downfield. It's, it's just a physical style of play, and is that taken into consideration on why these guys are so hurt? I think it has to be part of it, especially Debo and Kittle. Like they are constantly looking to smash into other people. That takes a toll. I don't care how big and tough you are. But the other thing is, uh, hurt guys get hurt. And Mm. that's just what happens. And they keep bringing these guys back. And and even like a guy like D4, they they rolled the dice on D4. They got it from Kansas City. The reason Kansas City made him available was because they knew that he couldn't stay healthy and on the field. And obviously the 49ers knew that too, but they were in a position where the roster was so 
barren. They needed talent so desperately that they had to take some risks on some guys with some injury histories. And so that's kind of what they've done. Now they're at a point where their roster is stronger. And if you go back and look at like the last two draft classes of all the guys they brought in, I think they played like 95% of their possible college snaps. So they're putting a focus now on bringing on guys that don't get hurt, but primarily the foundation of this team are guys with injury histories and that's what hurt guys do they get hurt that's true that's this facts is a good one i'm gonna use that one uh you brought him up i was gonna ask you next about d ford and the sunken cost of his contract what are the expectations with him just reading up on it they don't even really know what part of his back is really the issue it seems like it's it's moving around i believe i saw (laughs) cal shanahan say and and it makes me think about how much can you get out of uh, sanson uh, let me see ubakum i could have i butchered that but (laughs) out on the opposite side of nick bosa with nick bosa coming back from injury like what What's the expectations of that front seven with so many of these guys nicked up and that being key to this team being excelling and trying to get back to contending for a Super Bowl? So D Ford, I've never seen anything like this. If you talked to me last season, I would have said not only is D Ford not going to be able to contribute, he's going to have to retire. It was a neck injury. It was a back injury. There's never been a back injury in the history of sports that has gotten better, I feel like. Once you have a back it just gets worse and worse and worse. So if you had asked me then, I would have said he's done. Now, I don't know how this is happening, but D Ford is back on the field. He's running around. He's flying around. He's looking good. Supposedly, he's going to play this year. Now, he's he started the last year, too, and he played one game and he got hurt and he never came back. So we'll see if it lasts. But my hope is between D Ford and the aforementioned Samson Abukum that okay. – they can combine to be what D Ford was himself in 2019. Maybe they each only play, you know, one guy plays eight games, one guy plays nine games, but you don't need a superstar on the other side from Bosa because he's going to attract all the attention. He's getting all the double teams. You just need somebody that can win their one-on-one matchup. So if I can get Ford and I can get uh, Samson Ebukam, I'm good. Like, that should be enough to provide a formidable pass rush. Plus, you have Eric Armstead. Plus, you have Javon Kinlaw. Plus, you have a bunch of other depth pieces on the front for the 49ers. I think that is the deepest part of their team is their defensive line. Look, it's funny you bring up the backs don't get well. We've been echoing that here with rookie uh, Tevin Jenkins. That, mm. you know, like, he, he, he may have a good career, but backs, especially talking about linemen, you're, you're engaged, you're locked up, backs do not improve. I want to go a little bit further away from the line. I know that the 49ers have, I think George Kittle may be the best tight end in football right now. I mean, because I think you, I think from the blocking standpoint com- compared to Kelsey, I kind of lean towards that, even though you brought up the fact that he's been hurt. I know you guys have uh, George Kittle, who's phenomenal, and you have uh, Jalen Hurd, who, you know, had one game in 2019. And 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 Juwan Jenkins, you know, a, a couple of names that outside of St. Clair and, and uh, the Bay Area, I don't know if too many people know of. But one of the things in this offense has always stuck out to me is why why isn't John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan getting large catch radius guys in this offense, especially with the guy initially? And we'll get to Trey Lance later, but with like Jimmy Garoppolo, who it could benefit having a couple six two six three guys that can necessarily make up for mistakes when it comes to accuracy. Like where are, where's the draft equity or just in free agency going for a quote unquote stud. That's a big receiver. Well, I agree with you. They could use that. Um, 
their biggest receiver last year was Kendrick Bourne, who was not exactly a giant. He just was the tallest of the 49ers guys. In terms of catch radius, they think Brandon Ayuk is that guy. He's got 33 and a half inch arms. They think that when they look at him, that's sort of the guy that they project him to be. They think he's going to be their clear number one wide receiver this year. Uh, and that God knows they're going to need it because between Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, even last night, some of those balls, they're putting that catch radius to the test. Let me tell you, it's not always right on the money. Yeah. Um, so that they think that Ayuk is that guy. Uh, but, I mean, the receiver depth for the Niners is a bit of an issue. I mean, they're going to have to depend on Debo Samuel, who's always hurt, like I talked about. Trent Sherfield has seemingly come out of nowhere this preseason, who looks really, really good. But, again, a lot of guys look good in preseason. We'll see if that yep. carries over. You know, now I think in this offense, they can get by with a third wide receiver who's, you know, just okay. Um, But it's not exactly the deepest position for the 49ers. I think that's one of the spots where you're kind of depending on Kyle Shanahan to just kind of scheme it open. Like, we're going to lean on you a little bit. This is supposed to be your area. You might have to work with some receivers that aren't necessarily the elite of the elite. You know, I'm envious. How is it to have a head coach and a play caller like Kyle Shanahan? It's. It's it seems marvelous. <laughs> there are some plays where I'm just like, my goodness, it looks like a Madden, like there's a game glitch and this guy is wide open. And you wouldn't know it necessarily sometimes because the 49ers quarterback play between Jimmy Garoppolo, Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard has been horrendous at times. But they only look as good as they have looked in certain moments because of Kyle Shanahan. Like you said, he makes the running game look sexy. He is he's a mad scientist and it's a blessing. And I know that his record doesn't reflect it, but I'm telling you, it's amazing when you go back, especially when you rewatch the games later and you see like what he actually did and how badly he fools the defense. Sometimes it's incredible. I I think only I would only probably put Andy Reid above him. And that's due to Andy Reid's years of experience. I I, I place him above uh, Sean Payton. You know, like I, I think. Cal Shanahan is ridiculous. It's just, <laughs> he is. And I mean, he's ridiculous. I mean, people don't understand when I say making running sexy. We have the problem here where our, our head coach slash play caller wants to prove his intelligence through the air, which a lot of guys do. You want to, passing is the thing. But when you can, like, you guys can, it's, listen, it's kind of like his father as far as his own blocking scheme, mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, just throw anybody back there. He's going to get a thousand yards. Like, you guys, yo, most are could go down. Here goes some dude that was just <laughs> on the pier, basically. Just come back and get behind this line. And the next thing you know, this guy just rushed for 150 yards in this game. I'm just, I'm totally envious of having a, a play caller in a mind like Kyle Shannon. That's a guy, I don't care what happens, and I'm not dissing John Lynch. You better not let that one go. Hold on to Kyle Shanahan because you're going to regret. You're not going to find another Kyle Shanahan just sticking up from anywhere. That's a special guy right there. I I totally agree with you. They won an NFC championship game where their quarterback threw eight passes, not completed. He only completed six. He threw eight. (laughs) Dude, it's crazy. I'm I'm tired of waxing poetic about Kyle Shanahan. Uh, What were your thoughts when you found out that the 49ers moved up to number three in this past draft? (laughs) I will never forget it. I was picking up my son from school and I had said all year on Niners podcast, starting basically in December, I was telling people this offseason is going to be incredible because it has the potential for you to hear a noise on your phone, pick up your phone and say, oh, bleep. I can't believe that just happened. And I'm in the pickup line at my son's school and my phone beeps and I pick it up and I see Adam Schefter. 49ers have traded up with 
the Dolphins for the number three pick. And I started screaming in the car. Like the teachers that are at the school are looking at this parent like, what is wrong with this human? I'm screaming looking at my phone. I couldn't believe it. I was so pumped. And I was actually excited because I really thought deep down that the 49ers were going to draft the Bears quarterback in Justin Fields. I was convinced that that's where they were going. And I was just so happy because I knew from the second they traded up, there was no way they were getting Mac Jones. You trade up because you want a guy that can run and throw. And the only way they were going to get that is if they had traded up. And so I was ecstatic. I'll never forget that day. That day was show with Rob Stats Guerrero. Follow him at Stats on Fire. Listen, I, I was looking at your thread, so I already know some of these answers, right? Like I knew which way you were leaning and everything, but I had to ask you. And you, well, so when it was reported that there was a chance, and this is before the trade up, of course, that the 49ers were going to bring in Matt Jones, what were your thoughts? Um, why? You already had Mac Jones with Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy that can make some reads and throw the ball, you know, generally where it's supposed to go and move your team down the field very, very methodically. That's who Mac Jones is. And I don't mean to say that as a knock on Mac Jones. In fact, Mac Jones is a much better deep ball thrower than Jimmy G. I was thinking that too. That's not the offense that Kyle Shanahan has to run. And you had to decide, like, do you want to have to run an offense that you have to run? Or do you want to be able to run an offense that you get to run? And when you have a guy with arm talent and mobility, now Kyle Shanahan can run the offense he wants to run, go crazy with the plays. So to take Mac Jones, it just felt like the only thing you would save in that case is money because he's going to be a lot cheaper than Jimmy Garoppolo is. I never believed the Mac Jones rumors for a second. And I don't care what the national media said. Even the 49ers beat guys were talking about Mac Jones. It never made sense to me. And I'm so, so, so glad that I was proven right. Wow. I, I, I'm with you on that because it was a fear that Mac Jones was going to land here. And mind you, I love me some Alabama, but I've never I wasn't a Mac Jones guy. And to be honest with you, I wasn't I liked him, but I wasn't the biggest Tua guy because it was flaws with Tua that I saw when it came to big time games and big time defenses. Uh, but going to Jimmy Garoppolo um, <laughs> still when starting since he's there, he's been what, 22 and eight. Um, not bad. <laughs> but I don't have I have a fit. I mean, it's really good. It's really good. And regardless of his failure, he still took you to a Super Bowl. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he could have won a Super Bowl. But well, he, took he, you to, he yeah, was, I mean, he, he was on the team bus. I mean, he took the trip to the Super Bowl. Right. He wasn't I mean, driving that's the how bus. I worded it. That's how I actually actually worded it. He was there for the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. Yes. All right. I, I, he didn't take you. I mean, actually, if he just made that that one deep pass, the game's over and mm. Jimmy Garoppolo probably doesn't have to worry as much about Trey Lance. Perhaps, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here hindsight being 2020. Um, how long? And I know I, I have no sense already. How long do you wait before going to Trey Lance? Do you try to with the veterans that are on this team? Do you give them a chance with Jimmy or are you just full on? We're going to go through the ups and downs of Trey Lance's growing with Trey Lance coming from such a weaker division of football. They're, they're definitely going to be growing pains, but you would think, and we've seen it in the first two preseason, preseason games. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Where, I mean, all the talent is there and we know he, he played in a pro style offense, but still he didn't play in the pro style offense in the pros. So like, I think you're a just throw him in guy, but how how would you go about bringing Trey Lance along? I guess is the question. I'm a throw him in guy. Like when you buy a new car, you don't take it home and keep it in the garage. You drive depends. that thing. Depends you might on what sleep type of car in it. Is. Oh, I mean, come like if you I, get a Ferrari and you have a, a daily driver, 
You may just take the Ferrari out on weekends. <laughs> okay. Well, guess what? The 49ers don't have a daily driver, okay? <laughs> They're driving themselves. And they spend all this money to get a new car. It doesn't make any sense to me because you're right. Trey's going to have those growing pains. 100%. Any rookie would, especially one coming from North Dakota State. But why not have him have those growing pains in week one and week two against Detroit and Philadelphia, a pillowy soft landing for any rookie quarterback, as opposed to later in the year? I mean, week three, they got to play Green Bay at home on Sunday night football. Do you really want to go through two weeks of Jimmy Garoppolo, then get mad and frustrated and say, oh, he's not the guy? Hey, Trey, come in on Sunday night football on the first home game of the year, the first home game with fans in Levi's Stadium, you know, in a year because of COVID. That's where you want to plunk the rookie down into. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Jimmy Garoppolo is the same guy he's always been. Quarterbacks don't make big jumps when they're 30 years old. It just doesn't happen. We've seen that movie, Ken. I've seen it. I know how it ends. I don't need to see it again. Trey Lance can do everything that Jimmy Garoppolo did in 2019, and he can evade the rush, and he can use his legs. You can use design runs. It doesn't make any sense to me to wait. What must be done eventually must be done immediately. Start him week one. See, okay. If I was in your position, I'm leaning the way that you're leaning because you have Cal Shanahan, right? Right. You You have someone you trust to whisper in this quarterback's ear, right? I don't have that. And we'll get to my situation <laughs> at the end of this interview. Um, but it's still, I'll say this much. There's still a part of me. And you bringing up how pillowy soft the beginning of this the season is with Philly and Detroit. Um, with the Bears going to Sophie Stadium uh, to play the Rams, which I know you guys just, no, you played play the Chargers in the stadium. Yeah. But still, the fear of Aaron Donald being just a cost in poor Justin Fields is like, I'm good. I'm good off of that one. I feel like that's why Andy Dalton got $10 million so he can be the crash test dummy <laughs> in the situation. But when you're talking about, okay, the third game against the Packers, um, why not just have Jim? Because listen, Jimmy should win the first two games. So he should. Why, not, <laughs> why not just have Jimmy go for all three? All right. And then the loss to the Packers being the trigger to go ahead and get Trey in. And, and I don't know what the record is or the schedule is after the Packers, but then put Trey in for, for past the Packers who, you know, are going to come in with some thunder. Because I think that you're in a better spot if you're the 49ers, right? You want Trey Lance's growing pains to come as early as possible so that when he's playing games in November and December and January, he's still a rookie, but he's not, you know, a quite a rookie. You know what I'm saying? Like he has yeah. some games of experience under his belt. The longer you wait to put him in, the more you just delay all those growing pains. And it doesn't make sense to me to have those growing pains occur later in the season when the games might mean more. I just put him in early, let him grow. All his problems, I feel like, are solved with actual game reps. Okay. The longer you wait, I mean, he only played one game last year because of COVID. Now we want to wait to put him in the regular season game. By the time this guy gets in there, he's going to have played like what? One game in a year and a half. I'm not sure that that actually solves any problems. I don't know what, what magical thing he's going to learn on the bench in another two or three or four weeks sitting on the bench that he couldn't learn by playing. I got you. I got you, Rob. All right. NFC West, does this division belong to the Rams? Give me your preview for the NFC West this upcoming season. 
Yeah, I I can never count Seattle out because Russell Wilson is just that damn good. But Pete Carroll seems hell bent on doing everything he can to stop Russell Wilson from being as good as he can be. <laughs> um, I just I look at the Rams and there's a lot of 49er fans that say, like, what do you the 49ers own the Rams? What are you worried about? And I think those people are out of their mind. Sean McVay has been winning 10 games and going to the playoffs with Jared Goff as his quarterback. Right. Now he gets Matthew Stafford, a guy that everybody says, we all pretty much agree, Matt Stafford is better than Jared Goff. And so people think Sean McVay is suddenly going to win less with that defense. I think the Rams are going to be a monster. I think they're going to be a big problem. And I clearly see them as the division favorites at number one. And then I would put Seattle, San Francisco, pretty much a toss-up at number two. And I have the Cardinals a distant, distant fourth because I don't think Cliff Kingsbury knows a damn thing about defense. and I don't think he can coach his way out of a paper bag. I'm so with you. His adaptation is lacking in the game, before the game. It's funny. Um, me, and, me and Ryan went over and we debated this division and this team had more meat on the bone, but it was hard for me to say that I, I wanted to say them above the Rams, but they would have to stay healthy. Like everyone has to be healthy. And I don't know in, in, in any football team, it's very rare that you get an entire season where all of your most important players are healthy. And you saw that from last year, but the, the talent is there and the coaching is there, but I just don't know if you're going to put it all together. And also going along with what you were saying for them to really beat the Rams there, it's going to be Trey Lance would, would have to be the difference maker because if you have a whole season of Jimmy Garoppolo, he's, he, he can't take you to that level to, to probably get past the Rams in the long run. So I'm, I'm with you, but I mean, still there, you guys got some, 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 some nice treats in the cabinet to say the least. Last one. Go ahead. What are you about to say? Well, I was going to say, as long as they don't have waves of injuries, like if Debo Samuel misses a couple games during the year, but the other receivers are there, they'll figure it out, especially with Kyle Shanahan. Last year, what crushed them is they lost multiple guys at the same spot all at once. Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas on the defensive line. Ayuk and Debo Samuel were out at the same time at one point last year. They had waves of injuries at the same spot, and that's what killed them. This year, as long as they don't have that, I think they'll be okay. All right. And from the outside looking in, um, the Bears this season, and also how would you bring along Justin Fields? What do you expect from the Bears this season, and how would you bring along Justin Fields? Okay, see, those are two very different questions. I'm glad you said that. (laughs) I expect them to go with Andy Dalton to start the season. I don't know why everyone can see that Justin Fields is more talented than Andy Dalton. It's clear. Why can't the Bears just say, look, we never thought Justin Fields would fall to us in the draft. We really thought Andy Dalton was going to be our quarterback. We didn't think we'd have a shot at Justin Fields. Lo and behold, he fell. We jumped up. Circumstances have changed, and we have made the move now. Who's going to blame them for that? What is the ceiling of this team if Andy Dalton's the quarterback? Like, Do you think they're winning a Super Bowl if they have Andy Dalton? I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl this year with either one, but they get closer, of, of course, with Justin Fields than with Andy Dalton, even through the ups and downs. My only fear, and I said it to you, my caveat to you earlier was, and I like this guy, but I hate to say it, is Matt Nagy. Um, he has been the question mark. So, and you haven't seen him to have a cohesive, a cohesive offense. So the, the fear is what bad habits may this kid pick up particularly early 
Um, so that's kind of I was a I was a later on in the season. I've gone to the third game. It's funny that talking about how you want to get ready for the third game against the packs and you want to start them to get ready and Trey Lance. Yep. I was I've gotten to the point where I'm like, you know, by the third game, just just let Justin go out there or whatever. I do not want Justin Fields to face the Rams. I'm telling you, especially I'm sure you've seen that hit he took uh, this past weekend. Yeah, I don't want any of that action coming from the Rams. All right. But and I I hear you I get that but at the same time like those are the teams he's gonna have to beat if he's gonna develop into the player that we all think he can be he's gonna have to beat them you want the Rams saying I don't want to have to play Justin Fields you know you want to flip the script on them and there are ways to counteract Aaron Donald he doesn't make every single play and he's Justin Fields is so fast I did not even realize he was as fast as he is watching him on the field this preseason. Like he's he's in the Lamar Jackson like another gear, making the other players go, "Whoa, that guy's fast." Um, I think you kind of have to put it on him a little bit early to protect himself, because, like you said, you don't necessarily have the faith that Matt Nagy is going to put him in the best position to succeed. Yeah, and one of our guards actually, when he was a rookie, James Daniels played pretty well against uh, uh, Aaron, but mm-hmm. still. I have a fear. And then you have the former Bears, uh, Leonard Floyd on the edge, who they messed that situation up. It's just keep the kid away from me. I'm, I'm with you. So you get two games, c- cupcake games, yes. to get your guy ready. And we're throwing him in the fire. And it's just like, I don't know if we have the proper weapons behind him. And I'm, I'm not even talking about on the field. To, to help him is kind of the fear. And see, again, this is why when you sit there and, and try to complain about the, the the years after the 49ers have won the Super Bowl and all <laughs> you, you and I, look at what I, we go through here in this type of like you have quarterbacks. All right. We've been abused. We're scared of what could happen to our quarterback because we're not used to it. I haven't seen it in my lifetime. My father had probably hadn't seen it in his lifetime. So it's it's a whole different beast out here in the Midwest when it comes to under center. See, you're so you're frightened into submission almost because you've seen how bad it can go. But like, don't you want that to end? Haven't you suffered enough? Put fields out there. You deserve good quarterback play. You deserve a guy that can go out there and compensate for when the perfect play isn't called or when the receiver runs maybe the wrong route or an offensive lineman gets beat. You need a guy that's going to be able to make up for that. Start Justin Fields. Otherwise, you're just guaranteeing yourself more of the same. I think we should end it on that note. That's a good one. You tell, Listen, I'm happy that we had to stage this intervention. Um, <laughs> I'm going to spread this to other Bears fans a lot. Yes. We do deserve what you just said. But it's hard, Rob. It's it's very hard. We've been told. If, listen, one day we'll have a discussion about Jay Cutler Day and the celebrations through the streets of Chicago. All right. I mean, there was a celebration. You were talking to people you did not know. Like <laughs> we got Jay. Like that's how huge Jay Cutler being traded here was. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that I mean, and that's been that's been one of the biggest days. And listen, my last part of that. Halfway through that that season with Jay Cutler, and mind you, I loved him at Vandy. I, I wanted Jay Cutler. I was a Jay Cutler stand. Halfway through that season, I said, oh, my goodness, we got Jeff George. Right? <laughs> like, that's halfway through that season. It was like, oh, no, this isn't going to work. Right? Like, and again, I don't think that's going to happen here, and I don't think Bears fans think it's going to happen here. But it's also, you're looking at Justin Fields, and you're looking at 
for hopefully 15 years of him playing at a high level. And it's kind of like, why even rush it, particularly when we don't know the person who's supposed to help him along is going to be able to help him along. I guess it's kind of the reason for that hesitancy. But, I mean, doesn't Nagy have an incentive to play Fields? Because if he doesn't win this year, I feel like he's out. So he almost, he's got to throw Fields in there because he's his life support. He's his life preserver. Otherwise, he's getting canned. I'm, I'm with you, Rob. We'll, we will see, and I appreciate you joining us to talk about the 49ers, the NFC West, and the Chicago Bears. For everybody, make sure you check out his, his, his SB NFL Nation podcast, also Niners Nation. Follow him at Stats on Fire. Great content today, Rob. I really appreciate it. Have a terrific day, man. Oh, thank you. You too. Thanks for having me. Anytime. I look forward to talking to you down the line.